lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Keep the number handy. We are going to open up the phone lines later next hour at 888-933-93. Again, that's 888-933-93. It's our Monday Town Hall. And the topic next hour that we're going to ask you about is... How would you react to a mandatory coronavirus vaccine? And is whether or not Donald Trump's White House, his government, should he get reelected? If if whether or not the fact it's his administration instituting a mandatory coronavirus vaccine, does that change or alter your perspective on that particular issue at all news over the weekend both printed in yahoo and the washington post quoting makers of vaccines saying that well i mean these even we get one of these you're still going to have to mask and social distance next year already hinting at what i have been telling you most of this year that if you ever get a coronavirus vaccine keep in mind we've never had one for a coronavirus. But if you get one, it is likely going to be like a flu vaccine where the failure rate is anywhere from 20 to 50% each season, depending on the strain going around where you live. That's why you have to get one of those and a new one like every year. So we're going to talk about that next hour with all of you. 888-900-3393. That's 888-900-3393. Uh, you can also let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Email the program, steve at stevedace.com. And that's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show at Parlor at Steve Dace. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace is how you can follow us there. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. All right, coming up here today on the program, uh, my good buddy Chip Roy, congressman from Texas, uh, got some things off his chest on Friday in uh, the House of Representatives. We're going to let you see a portion of that video and then react to it coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, as I mentioned, it's our Monday town hall where you're going to get a chance to sound off. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away? Brought to you by. What I'm trying to say is that, um, uh, in conclusion, I have, I have no idea. A debate on whether 2 plus 2 equals 4 raged on Twitter this weekend after a woman named Brittany Marshall, who describes herself as a PhD candidate from Chicago, tweeted, quote, the idea of 2 plus 2 equaling 4 is cultural, and because of Western imperialism slash colonization, we think of it as the only way of knowing. That's probably a pretty appropriate place to start this montage. We'll continue in Washington, D.C., where a group of pro-lifers were arrested over the weekend for writing the words, Black Preborn Life. Lives Matter in chalk on a public sidewalk outside of a Planned Parenthood location. I need to tell you now that if you continue talking, you're going to be placed under arrest for defacing property. We do this this Saturday. Okay, I'm giving you your warning. You understand that, right? If you continue talking, you're going to be placed under arrest. 
Okay. You have a one, two. You know they do this every Saturday, right? Every Saturday. This is completely public property. I majored in political science. This is public property. Every Saturday, people are here talking. This is government censorship. And arresting them because they are simply putting free black, freeborn lives matter. Also in Washington, D.C., Mayor Muriel Bowser has exempted all attendees of former Congressman John Lewis's funeral from the city's mandatory 14-day quarantine protocol for non-essential travel. Kanye West tweets, I cried at the thought of aborting my firstborn and everyone was so concerned about me. I'm concerned for the world that feels you shouldn't cry about this subject. The city of Portland, Oregon, disbanded its police gun violence unit on July 1st. It finished the month of July with the most homicides in the last 30 years. Also in Portland, videos surfaced of Black Lives Matter and Antifa anarchists burning the American flag as well as bringing in a stack of Bibles to burn. Although for the latter, the video in question showing the Bible burning comes from and is produced by Ruptly, a division of Russia Today, the international propaganda arm of Vladimir Putin. So no matter how you cut that particular story, there are no good explanations. The city of Minneapolis, after defunding their police department and hiring a security detail for their city council members, released guidelines for how the public should deal with attempted robberies, stating that those being robbed should willingly give up their cell phone and wallet and to do everything the robbers say. Turning our eyes to coronavirus, Dr. Anthony Fauci says... If you look at what happened in Europe when they shut down or locked down or went to shelter in place, however you want to describe it, they really did it to the tune of about 95 plus percent of the country did that. When you actually look at what we did, even though we shut down, even though it created a great deal of difficulty, we really functionally shut down only about 50% in the sense of the totality of the country, which means when we reached our peak, as they did, they came down almost to a low baseline, as you've shown very clearly. But take a look at what happened to our baseline. We came up, down, and then we plateaued at about 20,000 cases a day. So we started off with a very difficult baseline of transmission that was going on at the time that we try to open up the country. President Trump responds, quote, wrong. We have more cases because we have tested far more than any other country. 60 million. If we tested less, there would be less cases. How did Italy, France, and Spain do? Now, Europe, sadly, has flare-ups. Most of our governors worked hard and smart. We will come back strong. Hong Kong is on the verge of another outbreak of coronavirus after seeing a massive jump in cases over the last week and a half. Hong Kong has been widely praised for its citizens' voluntary use of face masks throughout the pandemic. The Australian state of Victoria has declared a state of disaster and the large city of Melbourne has been placed on lockdown after new cases there have continued to rise dramatically in recent weeks. Australia first locked down hard on March 21st. In other news, a U.S. appeals court has overturned the death sentence of Boston Marathon bomber Jokart Sarnayev. CNN tweets, individuals with a cervix are now recommended to start cervical cancer screenings at 25 and continue through age 65. One of the accusers of
of the deceased pedophile and sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein claims in newly unsealed documents that Bill Clinton partied with Epstein on Epstein's pedophile island. And finally, in the midst of two plus two not equaling four, abandoning the laws of virology and a general satanic madness sweeping across the nation, one man literally stood when his peers bent the knee. That man's name is Jonathan Isaac. He's a basketball player for the Orlando Magic. Isaac chose to stand and pray during the national anthem before the Magic's game against the Nets, and he explained why afterwards. Each and every one of us, each and every day, do things that we shouldn't do. We say things that we shouldn't say. And we hate and we, we dislike people that we shouldn't hate and dislike. Um, and, and sometimes it gets into a point where we point fingers about whose evil is worse. And, and sometimes that comes down to simply whose evil is, is most visible. So um, I felt like I wanted to just take a stand on I feel like we all make mistakes, but I think that the gospel of Jesus Christ is that there's grace for us and that Jesus came and died for our sins and that if we all will come to an understanding of that and understand that God wants to have a relationship with us, um, that we can get past skin color, we can get past all the things in our world that are messed up, jacked up. And that's what happened while we were away. Hmm. May his house increase. Um, there's a ton of stuff in Aaron's montage today that that we could highlight. And and throughout the course of our program today, we will, even into the overtime, for example, today, we're going to get into that video of the Bible, Burke, uh, the Bible book burnings going around. Is that video real? Should we be at least contemplating that nefarious elements around the world could stage such things, knowing the divisiveness happening right now in our country, and could stage such things in order to stoke those flames. We'll get into that today in the overtime at blazetv.com slash dace. We, we aren't interested in being sheeple for anybody on this show. We're not going to be anybody's talking point memo. We're not going to be anybody's mascot. We're not anybody's sheeple. I, I, don't, I, don't, need, I don't need to make stuff up about my adversaries. The truth about them is good enough on its own. That's not to say the video isn't real. It may be. That's not to say there aren't plenty of lefties that would like that video to be real and themselves in it. That's definitely true, okay? Just means, though, let's not be suckers. We'll talk about that today. BlazeTV.com slash Dace in the overtime. Again, that's BlazeTV.com slash Dace. Critical thinking. Never hurt anybody, all right? But to me, I, I think a story that we have to highlight is this ongoing masquerade that we are being inundated with. And again, I am not anti-mask. I don't believe any of us has a right to not be inconvenienced during extraordinary times like, say, the worst pandemic in a century, or at least the worst since the Hong Kong flu a half a century ago. I don't think we're entitled to not be inconvenienced when matters of public health are at stake. I don't. I do think, though, we are entitled to the truth. I think we're entitled to real science, not junk science, not scientism, not your latest pseudo-political cult and its latest talisman. I, I do think we're entitled to know what's live and what's memorex, what's, what's real and what's fake. Let's, let's start talking about, shall we, Hawaii. Let's start there. 
Hawaii has mostly isolated itself from the mainland for months now. It is over 2,000 miles away from its closest neighbor. It has had some form of mask mandate since April 20th. I repeat, since April 20th, they have been under some form of escalating mask mandate in Hawaii. And yet, despite 2,000 miles of social distancing, despite being a series of islands that allow social distancing to be even more simple to accomplish, shutting itself off from the mainland and over three months of a mask mandate, look at that chart. Hawaii is now seeing a 700% increase. 700% increase in coronavirus cases. Now for months, American media, pseudo-experts have been touting Hong Kong's success using masks to push back on the virus. Talking about what a glorious, enlightened progressive people and expert class they have in Hong Kong. Here are just some examples. Time Magazine. On March 12th, why wearing a face mask is encouraged in Asia but shunned in the U.S., highlighting Hong Kong. CNN, of course. On April the 1st, Asia may have been right about coronavirus and face masks and the rest of the world is coming around. Also, a a fellating of Hong Kong's mask practices. The Wall Street Journal on April the 8th. To curb the coronavirus, Hong Kong tells the world masks work. Vanity Fair on May 8th. If 80% of Americans wore masks, you know, like they do in Hong Kong, COVID-19 infections would plummet, new study says, which cited Hong Kong. Um, How about the Los Angeles Times on May 16th? Wondering if LA's new masks rules are overkill? Look at the Hong Kong example. Do it for the greater good, like they do it in Hong Kong. Don't do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Do it like they do in Hong Kong. Yes. Our friends, of course, at Vox. There cannot be a virtue signal that Vox, of course, doesn't bow the knee to. How masks helped Hong Kong control the coronavirus. Back on May the 18th. The IHME modelers themselves, who for reasons only Allah knows, never mentioned masks in their original models in March, April, and May. Huh. But then all of a sudden showed up in this Journal of Global Health at the end of June, on the 25th of June, to tell us all, hey, masks are the easy way to save lives and spare jobs, even though we didn't tell you that for three months during our modeling. But it is now, and Hong Kong is your primary example of how that works. Let's go to July 3rd. NPR piles on widespread use of face masks like they do in Hong Kong could save tens of thousands of lives. These models project using the numbers from, again, Hong Kong. The Washington Post on July the 20th. Unlike the United States, more and more countries are making masks mandatory. You American rubes. You American rubes, why won't you be more like they are in Asia? You know, where they're so short of new children, they have to import wives from other countries. Why won't you be more like them? 
so how did, how did, how did Hong Kong's devotion to the mask, how did it do up against the virus? Well, here we are. Hong Kong is, quote, on the verge of an outbreak that could lead to its hospital system's collapse, chief executive of Hong Kong's medical association says. Hmm. So the masks work in Hong Kong until they don't. Hawaii folks did a preemptive mask mandate for months preemptively masking up when its cases were low. That didn't work. And it's seeing a 700% spike in cases now. Hong Kong was supposedly setting the mask example for the world for months. That didn't work. It's on its third wave of lockdowns and its hospital system is about to implode. That means, folks, the verdict, the verdict is in. These mask holes don't know what the hell they're talking about. Period. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Um, why? Uh, you're done with masks then. So that the opening salvo, it's this is my daughter and i i'm i'm, I'm kind of lit about this because my 12 year old and i because as i said last week and, and steve uh, says i i got some nice uh, emails about it but you know about why my family isn't going back to uh, uh mass and my 12 year old it's it, it's kind of rubbing her the wrong way i mean she's she she we all want to go but it kind of really struck a nerve with her this and she said hey, dad maybe should we and we had a we had a talk uh about it but ultimately this is it's about the lying it's about is is that the one place the one of the places we want to go baddest to that we're gonna embrace the lie the hardest that's hard to have a conversation with about a 12 year old and this is example whatever we've had on this show this is clearly the most uh, definitive one they're just lying to you Yes. They're just lying to you. They're just lying to you. Yes. The Netherlands did a study with its top scientists. They released it last week. They don't think they help at all. Norway found with their public institute of health, it was going to require 200,000 Norwegians to be masked up to stop one infection. And that is assuming that people are properly masked. We are awaiting the first random scientific study of masks mitigating against COVID-19 from Denmark. They have not published publicized it yet, but given the fact they haven't instituted a national mask mandate since they announced they had finished their study, I don't know, you know, I'm not a world-class poker player, but I kind of think that might be a tell <laughs> about what their results are going to show. The reality is they don't work. If they worked, I'd happily wear one to get... 50 million people off an unemployment insurance. Would you wear one to get 50 million people off of unemployment insurance? If they worked, I, if they, I if consider they worked. It, but the, I, that's the thing from the beginning. And you, you said that about, um, I mean, you've been charitable on this show about every possible 
suggestion of what we could right. do to get normalcy back. That's right, because I'm which, not following my politics. I'm simply following yes, the data. Which which amount of that charity has paid off? And, 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 not and, and, a damn bit. It doesn't, but my belief system requires me no, to no, offer I, it, I'm not even if sh- it's not paid back. I'm not saying okay? you shouldn't have done it. I'm saying it just speaks to the point of it's it's lie after and, lie and that's, after that's right. lie. Yes, but we have to test it to make sure. Of course, of course. We're, we're, dealing, we're not dealing here with a, you know, a, a government program we don't like or 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 even a military operation that even if we don't act and 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 we were wrong not to we still probably have the military capability to get rid of an enemy that we, that, that we reacted late to than not at all right mm-hmm. this is an immediate public health issue and i think it we have a burden on our show if we're going to walk the contrarian line to give every new avenue every new data point a benefit of the doubt until otherwise proven they don't work folks the masks don't work period they don't work they just don't work i wish that again i wish that they did they don't lockdown doesn't work you know fauci's touting all these european countries that went to these massive exist sweden sweden of course must not be in europe after all okay it may as well be atlantis at this point because they don't want to admit they don't want to admit here that what that Sweden and a few other countries practiced actual science. And what we are locked in here is scientism. Anthony Fauci is from that big pharma world. There's a pill for everything. There's a device for everything. No, there's not, man. I I lost over a hundred pounds. I didn't take a damn I didn't, I didn't take a single damn pill. My metabolism didn't need booster. That doesn't mean nobody needs it. Did I just say no one could use a metabolism booster? Is that what I said? No. No. What I need to do is get off my fat ass. I needed to do that. Hit the gym. Eat less boxes of Lucky Charms for breakfast. That's how I did it, guys. I ate better, worked out better, and that's how I kept all the weight off all these years. That's what I did. I lived a healthier lifestyle. And as I get older, sometimes I have to make some adjustments, like I do intermittent fasting now, things of that nature. But there wasn't a pill for it. There wasn't a device for it. You can buy all the damn Pelotons you want. If it just sits there in your house, you turn it into a you turn it into a freaking clothes hanger. You're not losing any weight, right? Right. But this world of scientism that that magical outcomes are conjurable, conjurable. And every new thing that comes our way, there's a device and there is a pill for. No, there's not. And I don't have a problem with looking. We're smart beings. God gave us brains. We have a lot of technology. It's done a lot of good for the human condition, right? By all means, let's look. But at some point, we have to recognize there's no there there. We, we, we cannot shut down the nation that feeds, clothes, and polices most of the world because 0.04% of our population that never lived in a nursing home might die from it. That's not feasible, guys. It's not. And it never was. It was dumb from the beginning. And if Trump doesn't win 92 days from today, it's going to be because he surrendered his White House to these forces of scientism. And then kept, up, kept, kept us enslaved to them all this time. Now he's, now he's countering. That tweet that he had about Anthony Fauci and his counter tweet, that, every word of that is true. Every last word. Now he's complaining about Debbie Burks. These people should have been fired months ago. 
How many names have we presented to you of counter experts that are not from podunk chucos, but illustrious institutions of higher learning, Oxford, Carnegie Mellon, Rockefeller, Stanford, some of the elite universities on the freaking planet. That's my point about your level of charity and being open to investigating every road. When does one of these ultimately end up mattering conclusively in terms of taking a different course right here in Iowa when we played high school softball and baseball for a month and a half now successfully nobody there were t- positive cases nobody got sick certainly no nobody died and right now there's people in the media oh the state tournament super spreader of it I mean it's not, like this was supposed to be the test case give mm-hmm. us confidence mm-hmm. it's the opposite every single turn it's burn it you, you said Georgia's going to be a test case even if it is it How isn't about the family leadership nothing summit. matters the family leadership summit was two Fridays ago, two weeks yes, ago Friday. Yes. All right. So now we're on 17 days since we had the first political gathering where speakers flew in from around the country. Guests came in from around yes. the country to this event 17 days ago. How many people walked out of there and they practiced social distancing? They offered dead, right? masks. They're all dead. They're, are they all dead? This is my, it never matters. There's no point where it matters. We just got goggles last week. Yeah. Yeah. Goggles. That's where we're on. And I've, I've had these strange moments of of clarity. It's kind of it's kind of like when uh, when when the members of uh, Lost are like uh, the, the the island is just moving through time, and they're they're caught with the island, and they you know the the, the time travel just keeps happening faster and faster, and they can't keep up with it. Their frame of re- that's what these moments of clarity <laughs> feel like. I mean, I feel like I'm 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 time traveling here and skipping around time too fast, and it's hard to keep up. But the moment of clarity that I've had over the last four or five days, I think that we are in the minority here. I really do. And as many people as have lost their business, as as think that this is all much ado about relatively nothing, relatively nothing, relatively nothing being the operative phrase there, meaning overkill. As many people as there are of those, and as much as our show has exploded in growth over the last few months because of our coverage and because of the voice that we've provided for this, there's still a few of those people out there and they're finding shows like ours. I just think that the vast majority of people are completely, completely controlled by fear. The church, guys, I'm sorry, but the church is among mm-hmm. among the worst. I mean, I, I've got people in my own family who 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 are regarding the masks well the government's not asking you to sin i don't i don't know i know i I don't know how i can't i can't i can't work i can't work with that it's not it's not it's not if if it tells me listen if the government says guys it's a novel coronavirus we're just trying stuff no they're not can we try masks we urge you to try masks is that is that urging you to sin is that, encourage, is, that, is that the government encouraging us in? No, no they're just being no. honest with you. Yeah. But if they tell you, if you all wear a mask, we'll cut this thing down by that's, 80%. That's what Tom and we'll stop said. this it's, by it's, Labor yes. Day. It's the and embracing if, yes, of a lie. That's a lie. Yes. It's a lie, folks. That's a, the, that is the government asking you to bear false witness right there. It doesn't work. I wish that it did. Life would be so much easier if they did. They don't work. 
Terrence's point about the minority, did you see, and if you know about the polling, this is, is, this is, is, what it, I'm is it true? About. Did Kim Reynolds, is her polling really down 25%? Because if I, that's true, Steve, considering the job she's done, it is over. Here's the I, thing. I, you can give me an approval poll all you want. I'll tell you this. I drove all over the most populous area of Iowa this weekend. And Interstate 80 was packed yep. all weekend long. People were out everywhere I went this weekend. Now, the one place where I still don't see a lot of people out is the movie theater, but I tend to also go early in the afternoon and there's nothing first run that is out right now, mm-hmm. okay? The one first run movie I did go see that was out was that Irresistible, and that actually did have about half the theater full when I was there for that in a small theater, all right? But other than movie theaters, when I everywhere else I go, man, restaurants, everywhere I went this weekend, I, the hotel we stayed at, people were coming in from all over the state for a Little League baseball tournament. Mm-hmm. It was packed, the pool was packed. You drive around, you, you drive around Central Iowa over the weekend, the most, you know, you, and you know there's a half a million people that live in this in this area called the Golden Circle, and those roadways were packed. So you can give me all the Kim Reynolds approval rating sucks all you want. I'm I'm just going to look at the amount of people that are out and about, okay? And I, I but assume you're being lied. Assume to. you're being lied to about everything. Yeah, uh, guys, I, I don't I don't read any polls. I don't tell you what, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I I couldn't tell you what they say today. And I had no idea about the approval rating thing with her until you just told me. But I can t- here's all I can tell you. You mean you're out and about? No, I agree. I, I people look pretty anxious to eager to. In, no, they're they're not dumb, but people look pretty eager to. I just went down to the state baseball tournament myself this week. There were lots of people there. I, so I agree. But when I, I, I saw I, that poll, that and Aaron putting in the context he just did, that was a yo moment. If it's true, what Aaron says is true, is that we are in a minority. That's, I will tell you this. I know from a little birdie that pretty much all, every school district in the state, except for a couple, and you can probably guess where they're at, yeah. okay? Yes. 80% or more of parents are indicating they want to put their children back oh, in yeah. school in-person learning here in Iowa. So... Again, assume you're being lied to. And about the mask, you're being lied to. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Todd Erzin here, along with Aaron McIntyre, all of you. Don't forget, next hour, our Monday Town Hall topic this week. If there is a mandatory vaccine next year for coronavirus, what will your reaction be? Will you take it? Will you fight it? We'll get into that next hour. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Here's what I want to do next, though. Uh, My good friend, Congressman Chip Roy, uh, was speaking Uh, to an empty House of Representatives. There's some symbolism there. Uh, Speaking to an empty House of Representatives on Friday, getting a few things off his chest as a duly elected representative of We the People. I want to share a snippet of what he had to say. He spoke for about an hour. So we're only going to share with you about uh, about eight minutes of it. And then we're going to react. Watch this. It's absolutely amazing. The needle moved when President Trump said that we ought to open our schools. Simple notion, let's open up our schools. Why might that be important? I don't know. How about for all the working class Americans who can't afford daycare and are trying to figure out how to have their children get educated? 
Why aren't we having a robust debate about that instead of just pointing fingers and saying, oh, oh, be afraid? But that's what we're doing. But it's really easy for all the latte drinking, you know, uh, Peloton riding, Volvo driving, white Americans to run around going off and saying, oh, I'm going to go by and get my little drink, but somebody's serving me, and those people serving me, how are they going to have their kids get educated? It ain't going to be if we don't open our schools. Can I tell you what they're doing in Austin, Texas? This is how genius it is in Austin, Texas. They're saying we can't open our schools till late September or some undetermined date. Oh, but don't worry, we'll open the buildings, allow the YMCA to go in, hold uh, a group forum there to watch virtual education, which now, by the way, I'm seeing all sorts of stories of teachers saying, well, we don't want to do the virtual education either. What are we doing for our children? Why are we debating this right now instead of having, oh, President Trump said, we should open our schools, so we're going to have a 20% swing in how we view opening our schools. In what universe does that statement by the president change what we should be doing as the people's house about opening our schools? Yet that is precisely what happened. We have a current environment in the United States of America where the very rule of law, which attracts people from all over the world to come here, is being trampled upon by people, frankly, often self-identifying as Marxists, but people who are ravaging cities, literally undermining the health, security, safety community of our cities, our states, our homes. Federal courthouse being targeted and burned in Portland. Now, what, what happens? Again, it becomes politicized. In what universe is that political? I mean, I would suggest to anybody, go look at anything I've ever said about federalism or about respecting states and respecting local powers to make decisions that are best for the people. But there's another point to all of this, right? Which is the Constitution talks about securing the blessings of liberty. It talks about what we're supposed to do as a nation in terms of defending the rule of law. Of course the federal government should defend the federal courthouse in Portland. To say otherwise is patently absurd. And yet, what did my Democratic colleagues do this week? What did they do when the Attorney General of the United States was here before the House Judiciary Committee, but sit there and talk over him and mock him and relentlessly stand on the side of lawless Marxists who are trying to destroy a city of the United States of America instead of standing up alongside our law enforcement. And what are we doing? What are we doing as a country? An empty chamber with three votes today at 6.30 tonight or two votes tomorrow or three votes tomorrow and then head home. And then what, be gone for August? While our businesses burn? Literally and figuratively? While millions of Americans don't have jobs? Why are we going to adjourn? Why have we only met something like 15 out of the last 100 days or whatever it's been? It is an absolute embarrassment what has become of the people's house. We should be ashamed. We should be ashamed that we are not here doing the work of the American people. More importantly, we should be ashamed that when we are here, we are not sitting down at a table and working through the issues of the day. 
based on the rule of law, based on the Constitution, based on the Declaration, based on our job as representatives to represent the people of the United States. Our police officers stand up to defend the rule of law. People come from all over the globe here, why? Is it for what was enumerated in the Bill of Rights? Is it for what was enumerated or laid out in the Declaration of Independence? Those unalienable rights? Yes, it is all of those things, and it is equal justice under the law. All of the things that we should be fighting to strive to reach those ideals that, by the way, we will never reach because we are flawed men and women. My faith teaches me that. But they are the ideals we will constantly strive to reach. It is why when I went to Independence Hall, I was proud to stand up and say this is a great thing that happened here. I will never back away from defending the United States of America. I stopped off where Francis Scott Key wrote our national anthem. And I did a video there. I'm not going to back away from defending our national anthem and defending our history. I went from there to the Jefferson Memorial. I went to the Roosevelt Monument. I went to the Lincoln Memorial. Two days ago, I took my 10-year-old son and my nine-year-old daughter to Mount Vernon so they could see the home of the father of our country, George Washington, where I unapologetically taught my children about the greatness of our first president. It is important, that part, unapologetically taught my children about the greatness of our country and of the father of our country. We are all flawed. We always will be because we are men and women. We are made in the image of God, but we are not God. And thank the Lord that he sent his son so that I might have eternal life because I am flawed. But we should not look at our country with shame or disregard because we've made mistakes. Yet the other side of the aisle seems hell-bent on tearing down this great country, brick by rip, brick, statue by statue, thread by thread of our flag, word by word of our anthem. It's a mockery of this house. How on earth can you explain to a veteran who's missing limbs, who bled in the Middle East or bled in Normandy or bled in the Pacific? How can you explain to a veteran that our country is bad? Our country is not bad. Our country is great. Our country has done more for more men and more women than any other nation in the history of the world. I'll debate that anywhere, anytime with anyone who cares to actually have a debate in this so-called people's house. I will not sit here and listen to supposed representatives of this country tear her down. Right now, we've got people who are hurting because of the virus, people who are hurting because they've lost jobs, people who are hurting because their businesses have gone out of business, people who are hurting because streets have been torn down or burned because we've allowed looting to occur in the false name 
of social justice? What are we doing for them? Adjourning? Heading home to campaign so that people can score political points? Apparently the answer to that question is yes, we are. Gentlemen, thoughts on uh, some of those remarks from Congressman Chip Roy speaking in the House of Representatives on Friday. Again, he spoke for about an hour. We just gave you a kind of a snippet of it. Thoughts? Uh, I don't know, obviously, Chip Roy as well as as you do or even close to as well as as you do. I will say, though, I can detect something in his voice. And it's just this um, passion, passion, concern, care, what have you, for the idea of America that is constrained, that is constrained by the, the, the reality that he's basically talking to a brick wall there. <laughs> I don't know if it's just the frustration that I hear from to vary for, for you know to varying degrees from you two on a day-to-day basis i hear it in myself the passion for what should be the passion for the truth yet the yet the, the knowledge that at in the end when the rubber hits the road the real difference that you're trying to make it's it's like uh trying to knock down a brick wall with a, a dodgeball it's it's the frustration. I mean, he's right on the money there. He hits on on all of the various facets of America in the year 2020 that we have talked about, that have been talked about ad nauseum. And it's basically business as usual in in Congress. I, if we had if we had 15 people like that in the House. That's one heck of a uh, of a wedge. If we had five or six senators like that in the Senate, that's one heck of a wedge. You can do you can do some things like that. You can exert some leverage when you have that many people, and it's not very very many compared to the the total number. But the reality is, people like Chip Roy are few, 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 and far between. And it's, I mean, hats off to him. It's encouraging to hear him. I can hear the frustration in his voice, I think. Um, but it's kind of the same thing that, that, we, uh, that, that, that we kind of come up against. At least I, that's what I think anyway. What do you think, Todd? Yeah, we were just, we had him on last week. We were just talking about how it, it's worth having him on once a month just because he, he helps you believe it's possible to survive not only survive but thrive on some level in that cesspool but hearing the cracking in his voice uh his his like desperateness isaiah one where would you yet be struck i love his line about the supposed representatives just like the supposed americans out there protesting they're not american protesters they're they're terrorists and we got terrorists with it that are representatives right now and for him to continue to stand on that wall when he doesn't, he seems like he's a much nicer guy than at least uh, some of us in this room here. Did you have any idea, Steve? I mean, I know you respected him, but did you have any idea that the spine on this man? I mean, I just, I have nothing but respect for him. I think just to show you his back, his, the rarity of what you're talking about is his own background. I mean, I mean Chip is a political operative. Okay, this is, this is not... 
your small business owner, Tea Party guy, you know, gets riled up, runs for Congress, wins, you know, and he's like, you know, what the hell is wrong with you people? He is a political pro, a lifer. Politics are his profession. Yes, he's a he's a he is a professional at this. He worked in John Cornyn's office, ran Ted Cruz's office. So worked for Rick Perry. When um, when he left uh, the Senate uh, after when when Ted went full bore into presidential campaign mode, um, he was the deputy attorney general for the state of Texas. Worked at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. I think. It's important to note that because this is a guy that he is from this ecosystem, this habitat. He he drinks from the same water table as these people. This is this is not someone who is from the outside, not like you. You know, and you mm-hmm. you have a, your your desire to run for office just to see what it's like to see if you could actually just conduct almost your own sociological experiment yeah. on yourself. Could, yeah. I, could I maintain my individual belief system and integrity in the midst of whatever in the hell goes on up there right. all day long, right? He's not, he knew, he, he's not new to this. He has spent his entire life doing this as an adult, beat cancer. Uh, so he took some time off to do that and then got right back in the game. And I think... I think it's it's more potent even to hear him sound like just an average backbencher, ham and egger coming up through the ranks who kind of won a congressional seat by accident. Remember the name George Nethercutt? He was the first guy in like 200 years to be the sitting member of the House. Tom Foley and the Republican Revolution of 1994, who was just kind of a every man out of nowhere in, 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 in Washington state. That is not Chip Roy. He is a political professional. But he sounds an awful lot like one of us that aren't, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And and this is why I didn't want him to run. I told him not to. And then why ultimately he was right to do so. Because he does, I, I knew we would, I, I suspected, I shouldn't say knew, I don't know the future. But I suspected given you know past history, barring an act of God is typically indicative of future performance. Given the history, I, I, I thought he would get to the place that Aaron just described and his family and everything's already been through a lot of sacrifices with this arena and his health and everything else. But this is why he was, he was smart to go ahead and not listen to me and do it anyway, because he knows how the process works because he knows where the bodies are buried and I mean, if you've if you have worked for John Cornyn and Rick Perry and Ted Cruz, you have worked for every stripe of Republican, basically, right? Yes. Um, because of that experience, to hear him go up there and sound off on the process, where he sounds a lot like Mr. Smith goes to Washington, but that's not who he is. He is a political lifer, a political professional. And if nothing else, it shows you. And it shows us we're not wrong about this. We're not naive. It's not that we don't understand. It's that we do. That's the problem. Every complaint we have, Chip's frustration with the process given his experience with it, Chip's frustration with the process given his experience proves our complaints are real and justified. 
And the question becomes, what are we prepared to do about it? with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. 888-900-3393 is the number. We are opening up the phone lines this hour for our Monday Town Hall at 888-900-3393. The question on the table. If the new coronavirus vaccine becomes mandated, how would you react? For or against And then if the mandate is federal and it comes from, say, President Trump, would that change your perspective at all? 888-900-3393 is the number. Again, 888-900-3393. And I don't think it's... I'll just answer this objection right away so we don't have to take these calls. I don't think it's crazy or conspiratorial or sinister to at least surmise the possibility that they would attempt to mandate this given that they've already mandated whether you can open your business or not, whether you can plant a garden in your yard or not, um, whether you can leave your home or not. The fact that you have to put any disclaimer at all yeah, on this I just, at this I just point. Want, yes, let's, I just want to make sure, we'll just fill, we don't even need these calls. I don't, it's not nuts at all. Whether you have, whether your face can be uncovered or not, even outside, are we really going to sit here and say, I've, I've gone off on the Alex Jones tip for even merely suggesting this? Really? Whether your kids can play outside or not, can go to the playground or not, can have a school year or not. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think this is nuts at all, actually. So we're not even going to entertain that part of the conversation. It, it's clearly not nuts. And if you think even suggesting that it'll be mandatory is nuts, then by all means, man, puff, puff, pass. Whatever you're smoking, share it with the rest of us. All right? Yeah, and in Steve's defense, knowing what I believe about vaccination for as long as we've known each other, yet it's... He, he, he's never felt the need to go, you know, down this road. He's, he, he, knows, he knows what I think about it. Uh, but, you know, you, you do your own thing. We rarely have ever talked about it on the show. If we have, it's been tangentially up to that point so just like steve was not loaded for bear to finally you know see the window to go talking about this for him to get to this point is just like most of you i'm i'm not the norm in this it's just that there's a lot of people i think who are like steve who at the past had gone their own way made their own decisions done their own research but now like you've been telling me i have to goose step this way and this way and this way and you don't think i got some questions right now yeah and I mean, there there were uh, multiple articles, one from a vaccine maker in Yahoo, another one in the Washington Post saying, hey, um, this is not going to be an inoculator. If we're able to put this together, this isn't going to be the inoculator like you got for the measles or smallpox or polio, man. The, the best case scenario is this is going to be, you know, a rushed flu vaccine. And I mean, based on the mutation of the strain that is going around wherever you live in a given flu season, it fails anywhere from 20 to 50 percent of the time. Same thing could happen here. And that's why we'll have to keep wearing masks and social distance. They're saying this now while they're taking billions and billions and billions of dollars from you and I, the taxpayer and grants. 
including one that the Trump administration gave two weeks ago to a pharma company that hadn't even has yet to actually bring a product to market. And they got a one and a half billion with a B, one and a half billion dollars. Meanwhile, Sorrento, a San Diego company that believes it has created a 97% accurate self-contained coronavirus test, like a pregnancy test, that, it, that it's willing to sell for $10 a pop. Now, I don't know if it's 97% accurate, but isn't that what we pay the FDA to find out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it would seem would be pretty simple to find out if it's 97% accurate or not, right? Right. So Sorrento is still sitting around waiting for the FDA to render a verdict on its self-contained $10 a kit test for coronavirus. But we're giving billions away to companies uh, for a vaccine, including a billion and a half to a company that has bought that has brought the same amount of products to market as I have in this enterprise. And that answer is zero. (laughs) All right. So um, I don't think it's nuts at all. We won't even entertain that angle. It's clearly not nuts, given what we've been through. The question is, is it prudent? And would you support that or not? 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. On Parlor at Steve Dace is where you can find us there. Uh, you can also uh, go to youtube.com slash Steve Dace if you're looking for clips of this show that you can sample for yourself that are for free. And then you can share with others if you like. In fact, if you don't like them, share those too because we'll take those views. Uh, we'll take the hate views. I mean, that money spends the same, right? Uh, YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. If you're a podcast listener, thank you very much. If you haven't done so, please click on the uh, subscribe button wherever the podcast platform uh, that you podcast from has it. Uh, and leave us a five-star review if you could, if you like the show. Uh, the more of those we get, those help the show to grow as well. We've gotten thousands of those already. Thank you to each and every one of you. And while the left embraces things like cancel culture, Maybe it's time for us to get in on the action. Cancel your leftist supporting cell phone provider and make the switch to America's only conservative cell phone carrier. That would be Patriot Mobile. They share your values. They're never going to charge you hidden fees. And unlike Big Mobile, they won't send your hard-earned money to Planned Parenthood or other leftist causes. So you can get the same reliable nationwide service and support at the same time. A company that supports you, your values, your beliefs. And puts people before profits. Switching is easy. Keep your phone number. uh, Bring your own phone. Or you can even buy a new one. And right now, when you join their family of freedom-loving Americans, get free activation plus a free gift with the offer code Steve. That's a free activation plus a free gift with the offer code Steve. Veterans and first responders, you're going to save even more, by the way. So make the switch today. 972-PATRIOT, that is the number, 972-PATRIOT. Use the promo code Steve when you call in at 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash Steve. Again, that is patriotmobile.com slash Steve. patriotmobile.com slash Steve. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Your thoughts on a mandatory coronavirus vaccine and whether or not President Trump is the one signing off on the mandate changes your opinion at all. Ashley writes, 
I am a 32-year-old with no underlying conditions. That would place me in the most susceptibility category. I do not believe that someone who is a healthy person with no underlying conditions, who has a 99% rate of recovery, should ever have to get a vaccine that they oppose. The long-term risks from a vaccine rushed through trials is, in my opinion, more dangerous than the virus itself. I would be willing to take my case as far as I needed to protect my choice. In regards to if the Trump administration was the one who instituted instituted the mandate, I would not think any differently and would be infuriated at the president for doing so. And I am a Trump supporter, but I've been very vocal on my criticism of his handling of this pandemic as well as the riots. No person should put a president or person on the level that some have. And the president needs to hear the objections and arguments of, about this from his, from his base. He will not change course any other way, only when he sees the public support falter. Again, that is from Ashley Martin. Uh, she sent that note. Agree or disagree? 888-900-3393 is the number. Let's begin in Pennsylvania. Let's start with Larry. Larry, welcome to The Blaze. Your thoughts on a mandatory coronavirus vaccine, yay or nay? Oh, that's all right. That's okay. Go ahead, Matthew. Where are you calling from, Matthew? Uh, I'm from Oklahoma. All right, Matthew in Oklahoma. uh, Go ahead, man. I I will not comply. Um, And I don't care who mandates it and decides to or signs an executive order or dictates. Um, I don't even take the flu shots now, and I haven't. Um, and interestingly enough, I don't hardly get the flu. I get it every so often, but not not as many as most people do. Um, I, this is, to me, all about control. The whole mask situation, whether you agree with it or not, is all about control. It's all about setting up the framework of us being mandated to do this and comply. Um, and having these little cities and, and them telling us how we should do things. Um, and, and when you have... Uh, big pharma in control and doing stuff like uh, all the propaganda against hydrochloroquine that is at 30 cents a dose when they're trying to push Redemisvir for 3000 some dollars a dose. Mm-hmm. This is all about money and about control and a vaccine that they're trying to sell. That's all this is about, and it's all about money. And I won't comply. We'll not do it. All right. Matthew in Oklahoma says, hey, I don't trust big pharma any more than I trust big government. So, no, no, I'm, I'm not trusting that, you know, we've tried for 60 years to get a coronavirus vaccine. And now suddenly with a novel coronavirus, we have one in a year. I'm not doing that. Agree or disagree? 888-900-3393. Let's go to Mike in Kentucky next. Mike, welcome to the blaze. What say you, sir? I say is. Hey, Steve. Well, my opinion is, first of all, the uh, president couldn't mandate a vaccine. It would have to come from the state's governors and it'd have to be under their uh, uh, policing authorities, which is a high threshold. But we all know how uh, John Roberts votes on all of those when it comes to uh, watch our back. So that would probably fall. So they could probably force you, but it'd have to be done by state. But would I buy by it? Absolutely not. Um, you have a situation nation that is being primed for the next government overreach and when you have a pandemic that scares everybody to death then you have a virus and you get somebody that is not donald trump in president but is from the other side the next emergency is going to be to send the feds in to force the vaccinations 
Well, that's so why that that's that the, the reason the reason Mike I mentioned the the presidential angle is is I agree that at first the mandate would be would come out at a state and local level, but you're going to have some states that won't do it, some locales that won't do it, some that will. And and so then are we going to have some states say, "Hey, you can't travel in our state without a vaccine certificate." That's going to end up in a federal court, oh. as you just said. Okay, and oh, ult- yeah. ultimately, ultimately, we're going to get it into interstate commerce, equal protection under the law. Do, you know, it, this this could be the new slave state, free state kind of a thing. There's no way that this would that that and that's why they're, this would have to be federalized, to, any kind of mandate. Ultimately, because all, otherwise, it's unenforceable if it's not federalized. Well, I agree with you. It's unenforceable. But the, the, the way that they're going to enforce this is you have a mandate that comes out by a president, which is unenforceable because you obviously have states' rights and separation. But you will eventually, when you have the situation that you're talking about where you have some states doing it and some states don't, then you're going to have lawsuits that take it to the district court uh, and the federal courts, which will ultimately bring it up to our buddy John Roberts. Mm -hmm. And then you will have the making of a king and the mandate will come from the Supreme Court and all governors will then be held in contempt of court if they don't. Which, by the way, is meaningless. It's, it, right which, 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 they, which, which is meaningless. The, the Supreme Court can't. And so what? You're held in support. That's like, you know, it's like I, I got blogged about by Rachel Maddow. Who freaking cares? But, but you're right. That would be the game. And do you think? Do you think that this would be a, a president in a second term, whose HHS would provide protections for states and governors that didn't want to abide Absolutely by a Supreme not. Court edict? See, I don't either. Yeah. So we're, so, so we're back to exactly. a, so then you have a de facto a, Trump a enforced mandate. Though? What's that? What if you, what if you had a Biden president though? I guarantee you his uh, health department would go after governors that won't. Well, I agree, which it. is why I'm not debating the Biden question. That's like asked and answered, Your Honor. That's like debating gravity. I agree with you on that. So that's the, the only debate here is how the Trump, a Trump second term would handle it. We all agree. If, if, if we don't agree that that a Biden campaign would, listen, he, he can't spell injection right now, let alone uh, know what, what they do. But if we all don't agree on that, then this is a useless conversation. Of course, the Biden, camp, the Biden presidency is going to do that. I'm not deb- debating anything else. The debate is, if Trump gets a second term how would he handle that that's the debate that's that's the unknown that's what we don't know but we know what team lockdown will do yeah they're gonna i mean you'll be getting that in your in your forehead and in your arm or your wrist or hand whatever thank you for the call mike we appreciate it 888-900-3393 because we are ultimately if 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 we're not going to have a president give a check and balance on a supreme court edict along these lines and if they're not going to be providing on a federal level, protection for states that want to exempt themselves, then they're de facto enforcing it then, right? Yeah. It's his de facto, it becomes his de facto mandate, right? And I totally agree with your analysis just now about the way Trump has behaved with this uh, uh, virus in general and taking the advice over and over and over again of uh, worm tongue Fauci. What, you know, why would he get in the way of a vaccine mandate the one the weird thing about he he has shown in the past and in there's been rumors about why but he has shown vaccine skepticism before way before the coronavirus so that's kind of a hanging um question mark there in terms of all of this 888 933 mandatory coronavirus vaccine 
Yay or nay? 888-900-3393. Let's go now to Texas and Phil. Phil, welcome to the blaze. What say you, sir? Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, guys. Yeah, I pretty much uh, agree with the rest of the guys. My, my, my big thing is knowing what we've learned from the Supreme Court last month with the case that went through about previous vaccines and what's actually in them and stuff. I think that ought to be a requirement. If you think you're going to come up with one, you better tell us everything that's in it. And then I think you're going to get more people that are going to be like, no, I'm not going to stand in line for, you know, antifreeze and, and you know, other crap that they were putting in. Because, you know, the Supreme Court, when they come out and they said, you got to say what's in these, you know, vaccines that uh, uh, I read that verdict uh, from that case that, uh, uh, you know, they put some, you know, mercury and all sorts of crap in those things. And I think if people learn more of what's in vaccines, because they, they don't, they never tell you what's in it. Oh, it's just a vaccine. Oh, okay. But if they listed out the ingredients that's in that vaccine, I think people would be a little more skeptical about it. Not, you know, and after listening to you guys and knowing that we haven't come up with a true vaccine for a COVID ever, why, why do you think you're going to get one now in the next few months? You know, they not like they haven't been trying, but... You know, if they're going to come up with something, who knows what's going to be in it? And I think everybody should should fight to have the right to know what's in the thing before you, you're going to be forced to take it. Because the last thing I'm going to do is, is, you know, take one of those things. I don't believe in the mask thing. I haven't worn one ever. I'm not going to wear one. Same thing with the vaccine. No, I, I think my immune system is just fine. I'll fight this thing off without a problem. I think if, if you want to get down to it, let's talk about the food system and stuff. We're feeding all the kids and stuff, and they're all fat, and their immune systems are horrible, and it's because they're sedimentary and stuff. Maybe we'll work on that and work less on a vaccine. You know, you don't fix life with a pill. You know, there's no so money in the, there's no there's no there's no there's no money in the former process the, the preventative process you just outlined phil there's no money in that uh because those people aren't aren't sick over and over again and going back to the sick care system over and over again you're in texas phil correct oh yeah how long have you lived down there brother yep how long uh, 15 years. Okay. All right. So th- so you're going to remember this then. So you, you've already mentioned the mask. Your current Republican governor has issued an outdoor mask mandate. Yep. Your current one has, correct? Yep. The predecessor, yep. Rick Perry, the longest serving governor in your state's history, issued an executive order requiring all girls aged 11 and 12 to take the PPV vaccine, Gardasil. That was mandated for every girl yep. in your state, okay, while he was there. Yep. Okay. So... I have a hard time believing. I mean, I want to believe otherwise. I mean, I I mean, Texas used to be my relocation mistress. Now I kind of don't have one. I want to believe otherwise. Sweden, Sweden, maybe, maybe, yeah, it might be Stockholm at this point. Um, But, but, I mean, the you know, live free or die, Texas. You guys are down there, just uh, you know, grinding away with your outdoor mask mandate. And before, y'all went there like a bunch of lemons and just dutifully injected your preteen girls with Gardasil before they had their first periods. I don't know why wouldn't you guys just go ahead down there in Texas and uh, uh, you know and just put a cowboy hat on it and take your uh, coronavirus vaccine and just take it like studiful little subjects like you did your Gardasil and your masks. Well, if our government uh, tried to do everything to get every business in the country to move here, they got a lot of companies to move here from California and things like that. So Texas doesn't look like Texas. You know, it's just it's it's a mess down here. Okay. I mean, everybody I know, I've got a group that, you know, that of 
local conservatives. We, you know, we've got counties here that have uh, the Republican parties in like ten different counties here have, have censured the the governor. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. In, in Texas Constitution, it says even during a pandemic, you have to call in the legislature to bring come in and make these rules that it's not caveat by the governor, mm-hmm. and he's going off some little little 1970 some order that allowed him to have some sort of power if you couldn't get the legislature in but this has gone on long enough that the legislature can take over but he won't give up that power so that's the problem that's the problem we have is is too few people have the power and not enough you know level heads in the room to go wait a minute this 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 doesn't pass the smell test it's not working anywhere else why are we still doing it here you know vaccines we never had one for a COVID virus. Why would we do one here? You know, what, you know, it, like you say, it's about money. It's about control. And, you know, until people wake up and find out that, you know, they're just the guinea pigs, you know, every time my wife and I are out and see all the people wearing masks and stuff, we just think sheep. You know, they're just sheep led off the slaughter. You know, they'll just do whatever the government says. And it's like, since when do you trust the government and it's telling you anything that's accurate? When was the last time they really gave you anything accurate about anything? It always comes out, you know, days, weeks, months later that, oh, well, we weren't right about that. We weren't right about It's just, why do you believe them about this? You know, just because it's all over the world? Well, Europe wanted to get back together, so I'm sure they told the WHO, hey, you got to start putting out some favorable stuff to get people back to work. We can't afford to shut down any longer because all our, you know, all our freebies and stuff that we give to people, we're, we're running out of money. we got to get them back to work to get taxes back in. And so, you know, maybe that's the reason why WHO started going, well, you don't really have to wear a mask unless you're exhibiting, you know, problems. Because we got to get Europe going because Europe's got to start making money to cover all their freebies. You know, it wouldn't surprise me a bit if the governments over in Europe called them up and said, hey, you got to start getting, you know, getting people back out and start telling them it's okay to get back out in public. You know, wouldn't surprise me a bit. Okay. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it, Phil. Thank you. I, I Again, I don't think it's far-fetched either that Trump would mandate this. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's a lock, but I don't think it's a cinch that he wouldn't. I, I mean, the last two Republican governors in Texas, one of them has you wearing a face diaper outdoors when it's 100 degrees in the shade right now in Texas in August. All right. And the masks don't work. They don't work, guys. They don't work. Especially outdoors in that heat. All the time you're sweating through it and everything else. And you're taking it off to breathe. And the minute you do that once, it's just toast. Right? So they don't work. And then the previous Republican governor, Rick Perry, said you got to inject this Gardasil into your preteen daughter before she has a period. That point is is crucial and a actually. bunch of texans yes a bunch of texans are, well, i guess we gotta I guess we gotta give our daughter 11 year old daughter has got to get a pp an hpv vaccine Be- i guess because you know? it's not it, god bless all the freedom loving middle-aged guys the three in a row that just called us guys like rick perry who ultimately signed this because when it comes to this kind of stuff the rubber meets the road with conservative women that's who you got to convince on this because if they decide you know even though i'm a good christian woman but roll tide and my baby's probably gonna have sex anyway sometime and they got to have this shot or they believe this shot they're often the ones that end up doing the doctor's appointments and things like that and they end up convincing the men who are kind of tuned out uh on this kind of stuff uh in general 
I, I and I don't know. I don't have if based on everything Steve says, what we're seeing in Texas down there in masks, is there really is there going to be the resolve to go Alamo on this? I just think I think the partisan aspect of this. I, I, I don't, the real idolatry here is the is the partisanship. It's 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 how many people I know. I, I know a lot of people in the state of Michigan. I grew up there. There's a lot of people I know in the state of Michigan who'd lose their damn mind if if some if Rick Snyder, the previous Republican governor, did to them what Gretchen Whitmer did. But since she did it, it's great. But you know what? The reverse of that is also of course. true. If Rick Snyder did to people what Gretchen Whitmer did, there's a lot of people that'd be like, well, you know, he's got to have some good reasons. He wouldn't want to kill business, right? He's the pro-business, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Similarly, if Ann Richards was governor of Texas and said, y'all wear a diaper on your face and inject your, inject your babies, your, your tween girls with this vaccine before they have a menstrual cycle, folks would be buying, would be, you know, uh, grabbing uh, whatever firearms they have and taking to the streets of Austin, right? No, I agree. But the last two Republicans do it, you know, and it's, well, I don't know, they must have a good reason to do it. I think, I think you're learning, going back to what you said earlier, Aaron, I think the amount of Americans who can critically think is really, really small. And I don't, and, 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 and I think, that is a baseline problem before we even get to your political ideology. I mean, you do. We saw some lefties. You're, 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 you're watching Noam Chomsky and what's her face that made the Harry Potter uh, books, whose name escapes me. J.K. Rowling. You're watching her critically think. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Aaron. She's critically thinking. Now, she doesn't come to all the conclusions that you and I agree with, but she's critically thinking things through. Makes a lot of sense. Hey, I, you guys want me to be pro-gay, but now you're telling me there's no gender, then nobody's gay. Doesn't make any sense, right? Right. You can't be attracted to the same sex if there's no sex, right? Right. Then nobody's gay. Nobody's straight either. If there's no such thing as gender, then what are we having all these arguments for? There's no such thing as gay rights, then, if there's no such thing as gender. She critically thought it through. Yes, right? she did. Okay. See, that's what's lacking is the amount of people who are going to be willing to critically think. That, that want to be spoon-fed. That's where we're in the minority, Aaron. Which you said last hour. Yeah. We're not in the... Ideologically, there's... I don't think there's any majority ideology in America. I, I think there's a... I think America, ideologically, right now, man, is goulash. We're just throwing a collection of last night's leftovers in it, boiling some pasta, putting it in an oven with some cheese on top and calling it a dish. Okay, I I don't think there's a dominant ideology anywhere in America. But the dominant psychology in America is spoon feed me. Tell me what to think. Tell me who to be. Tell me what's approved. Tell me what's cool. The amount of people, regardless of whatever ideological conclusions they come to, that are willing to critically think through things is 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 small that's where the indoctrination in the school system has succeeded it has not created as many as many dutiful little statists as as it prefers more than we would like but not as many as it prefers again i keep repeating the stat remember when donald trump took office in january of 2017 there were the fewest amount of democrats in elected office nationwide than there had been in nearly a century before the great depression 1928 so they don't they don't they haven't created a bunch of drones 
What they have though is dumbed people down so that they aren't their own human beings anymore. You're not your own man. You're not your own woman. And and without that critical thinking as a species, we default to wanting to be a part of a collective. Because the number one desire all human beings have ultimately is relationship. Now, if I critically think, then I can I can I can take a small or or small to large step into into prohibiting that desire from putting me in 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 bad situations and bad choices, right? Yes. But if that critical thinking is removed, then that desire is going to overwhelm. And I'm going to do things just to get the approval of other people because I view that approval as my means to acquiring relationship, right? Oh, of course. And I think that's where we're at right now is the amount of people willing to critically think that's small. That's where it, where, where we are in the minority. Did you coin it? Or didn't you say like everything is just now like high school? Like yes. Big, big, that, you just described high school it. with all of, with other people's money that's, at stake. This clickiness yes. that need yeah. to, yeah, you, that's what you described. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching on my Twitter feed, I'm watching Will Chamberlain, the executive editor at Human Events. We just had him on the show last week talking about um, accountability for the big tech giants. He's on Twitter right now arguing for lockdowns. 30. And pointing out why, how all these other countries had success with lockdowns. Except all the countries he's mentioned, except one, New Zealand, have had have, have had another surge in cases. Lockdowns don't work. They don't work. They don't work. They don't work. More in a moment. Yeah, I know. Losing your hair is no fun. So let's talk about options. You can go to your doctor for a hair loss treatment prescription, then visit the pharmacy and try not to go broke just to avoid going bald. Or you can try keeps from the comfort of your own home. You'll get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment from Keeps, but Keeps offers the generic versions of those treatments, so you get them at about half the cost. And one more thing you're going to love about it is Keeps is all online, so you answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you, and then it is shipped discreetly to your door, all right, and directly to. Uh, So why make unnecessary trips when you can do it all at home. Uh, we'll get you started with a special deal right now. Go to keeps.com. That's K E E P S K E E P S keeps.com slash grow. That's keeps.com slash grow to get 50% off of your first order. So yes, you're already getting the discount with the generic versions, but now they're going to throw in another half off discount on top of all of that. All right. 50% off your first order at keeps.com slash grow. Back to the phones we go with our Monday Town Hall at 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. The question on the table this week, mandatory coronavirus vaccine, yay or nay? And would the fact, a, if, the, if the fact is that next year, it's President Trump mandating that, would that alter your opinion one way or the other? Uh, let's go to Larry in Pennsylvania next. Larry, welcome to the Steve Day Show. You're live on The Blazer. Go ahead. 
Thanks. Uh, first, I want to tell you guys that uh, since COVID, uh, this is the first chance I've actually uh, heard of your show, and I, I enjoy it. So I'm going to give you guys a five star on that. Uh, thank you, man. Appreciate uh, it. Thank you very much. Your question. Yeah, no problem. Uh, to answer your question, uh, there's no way that I would have uh, this vaccine. And even if President Trump uh, got reelected and mandated it, there's no way that that's going to happen either. Uh, the reality is that there's there's no way that they know that the effectiveness of this vaccine is going to work. They don't know whether or not uh, it's going to have any negative results. And I think in many ways it creates a false sense of security, very much like the, the flu vaccine does, in that... We have people that I work with who have taken the flu vaccine and they say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm safe, I'm covered. And then they get the flu vaccine and they, they don't think about all the, uh, the sickness and, and the, the way they're feeling. And they think, oh, it's nothing. And they go around and they infect other people. So I just don't buy any of that stuff. Um, and I just want to give you a new name for Fauci, the infallible Fauci. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. He has he, he and and thank you for the call there, Larry. I mean, he's just out fellatioing himself now and on your dime, basically. That's what's going on. He's just enjoying, you know, cover uh, art, uh, you know, cover shoots, ball games, pontifications. You know, he's just he's fellatioing himself now. And you and I are just subsidizing it. Can I add one more level to the question you've asked? Sure. Because I think it, I, I, I take all of these guys at their word, but I think we need to suggest in this day and age of what's happening, the consequences that are being meted out. Would you do it if your kids had to get pulled out of school? Would you do it if you lost your job? Because I'm certain a lot of places would not, if this was mandated federally, a lot of places would say you either get it or you're fired. Would you do I, I it think, if you had to yeah. go to jail? That's, I think, I think that's you, what I th you need to consider. I think you should consider individual states will attempt to do that. If you that even if you couldn't get the federal government to go along with it, individual states are going to say, "Hey," and then companies within those states. I mean, if you already shut your if you're already shutting your business down because they told you to. That's my point. Yeah, and then, then if they told you you couldn't reopen without without having all of your employees vaccinated, and then everybody that came into the store instead of wearing a mask, you've got to have a vaccination certificate. Is that really that far fetched? No, no. We're no. just doing math now. We're just doing the math here. So what? Are, well, this is what are you prepared to do? Because yeah. I'm not. I'm I'm going to jail, but I don't know the rest of you. Let's go to West Virginia next. Ed, welcome to the Blaze. What do you think, Ed? Hi, Steve. Uh, long ago, in my heart and mind, I decided that government wasn't going to put anything in my body. I didn't want in there, and they're not going to take my guns. Um. I think the politicians in D.C. don't listen to their constituents. And I think that they, everybody that uh, can vote needs to get out and get these people out of, out of office. And I believe that term limits need to be put in place. Everybody goes to termlimits.com and sign a petition to get these people out. Because uh, this, is, this is an insane situation. And I'm quite tired of hearing all about it. You're not alone, brother. You're not alone. And you're right. It's an insane situation. Thanks for the call. Can, can we fast forward to that convention of states? Do you remember how adorable it was when I was the skeptic about that? We were debating yeah. it on, on the radio show in 2015. Did we do that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good, good times. We thought we had the luxury of nuance. <laughs> right? 
Oh dear. Now it's just hey, we just put a gun to your head, and what are you gonna do about it? That that's where we're at now. That's I where would we take today. that convention in a heartbeat and right here, now. Yeah. yeah. Bert in Kentucky. Bert, welcome to the Blaze. Your thoughts on a mandatory coronavirus vaccine, Bert? Uh, you don't have Bert. This is Ty from South Carolina. Oh, I'm sorry, Ty in South Carolina. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> well, in the uh, in the prophetic bird dropped. It's hell to the no. Uh, my wife and I have pretty much decided, thankfully we don't have kids in school, we pretty much decided that, yeah, we're not doing a vaccine. Well, I don't do the mask. I haven't uh, yet, and I don't plan to. In fact, uh, they're trying to force all the restaurants here to force you to wear a mask to go in, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the restaurants are getting hammered because people are just standing up and saying, yeah, we're not doing masks anymore. So, um, but to, to answer the other question that was posed about are you willing to go to jail or lose your job, et cetera, et cetera, my wife and I, uh, as soon as this thing started to happen, we started to put all of our resources to remove debt, except for basically the house payment. We're almost there because we're planning on the fact that she's probably going to lose her job. I can't tell you what she's doing other than she's a nurse, but she's a high level uh, at a high level mm-hmm. in nursing. And they're probably going to force her to try to get a vaccine. And she's willing to say, yeah, I'm not doing that. So we're willing to lose our jobs. Fortunately, I am self-employed and the stuff I do is not going to be a problem. So we're putting ourselves in a position to uh, completely work on our own and not have to deal with, um, uh, you know, government being able to, to push that. If Trump decided he was going to mandate it, pound sand, I'm going to vote for him, but you ain't mandating that. I'm not doing it. And uh, But I do think that businesses like airlines, restaurants, stores, they're going to start mandating it. You want to fly, I need to see your vaccination I agree. card. I agree that it's possible. Here, I need to see your yes. vaccination card. I agree. That's, that's a very hard possibility, which scares the crap out of me. One request I have, by the way, guys, I've been listening to you guys for about a year, and I love your show. You guys are the most insightful. Thank you for not straying from the gospel. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being men willing to stand in the gap. I'm so proud of you guys for that. Secondly, if you guys could put together a resource page of some sort listing all of the coronavirus resource stuff, because even myself, who's pretty savvy, man, I look for stuff. It is so hard to find the truth, and it's hard to find the guys, the stuff that you guys are finding. And it would be awesome if there was kind of a one-stop shop, whether it be on the Facebook page, hey, here's the resource page on our page or whatever, to go find all this stuff so that you can have an intelligent conversation with people. I just had a conversation with a lady today wearing a mask who had no idea that the, the, that the recovery rate for anybody under 70 was 99.96%. She had no clue. She's like, well, that's not what the news is telling me. I know. <laughs> so uh, keep doing a great job. Really appreciate what you guys are doing. And uh, hell to the no, not doing the vaccine. Very appreciate that. Uh, very appreciate. Very appreciative of the phone call, brother. Thank you very much for the kind words as well, Ty. Thank you. Uh, um, on the resource, guys, I have been. <laughs> I'm already working 75 hour days, man. I, I have. I just don't have the amount of time and work. I don't have. I'm sorry. I, I don't have to put that together for you. All I can offer you is I, I put all this stuff on Facebook and Twitter constantly, constantly, and um, in real time and try to link to you as much of the data and resources that I use as I could as I possibly can. I'm not the CDC, man. I, I don't have the time for that. I, I don't have the budget for that. I don't have the time. Okay. I, I just don't. Uh, that that <laughs> What you're asking me to do is what our CDC is supposed to do. And and they've got 100 times the budget I do and staff. So um, 
that's that's the that's now you know why I'm trying why I, I'm I'm so adamant. We cannot win the information war without the White House because they control all these entities. They control them all. And they have the means and resources by which to put those things out there. I don't. I don't have, I've still got to go home to a family and, you know, the other 75 aspects of my job that go beyond just the two hours a day you guys get on the air. You know, I just don't have the time for that. I I don't. I'm sorry. Um, And the best I can tell you is you guys just got to follow me on Twitter and Facebook like every day as we share all this stuff to get all the time. You know, I just, this is, you're asking me to provide something to do a huge undertaking against the entire global health scientific system. And I just don't, I don't have that. I don't have it. I'm sorry. And, and well, what about a brief one? I'd come up with a brief one. You'd, 10,000 of you would find someone who would bring something about a technicality. I, I just, I don't have to, I can't, I can't. I'm not the CDC guys. I'm just a guy named Steve. I'm sorry. Um, let's go next to, um, Barbara in Florida. Barbara, welcome to the Steve Day Show. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. First, let me thank everybody there for doing what you're doing to inform your listeners. We enjoy watching or listening to your show each day. Um, uh, regarding the COVID vaccine, uh, no, our families opposed to the COVID vaccine or basically any other vaccine. Um, you know, vaccines, as you all know, have side effects for some people. The problem is until you get the vaccine, you don't know if you're going to be one of those people that get a side effect. And so then it's kind of too late. So here's my reason for calling. Um, I, I am not sure if some of your viewers know this, probably I'm sure maybe some of them do, but I'm not exactly sure when this happened, but at some time in the past, it's my understanding that Congress gave pharmaceutical companies a waiver for any responsibility to negative side effects from any of their vaccines. Um, so any of the vaccines that they manufacture. So most assuredly, if that's true, that's going to be for the COVID vaccine too. So if these vaccine vaccines they're you know developing and this one for the COVID is so safe, why do they need a waiver to get you know be exempt from being sued? I've not heard that. It's true. They are. Is it true? They cannot be sued. But that's when when that was set up. That's when the national vaccine injury, I I don't not exact name was set up. There's a fund that pays out for vaccine injuries, and that was the deal that that would have to exist in order to uh, indemnify uh, the creators of the vaccines of of just of of, of future rollover class action lawsuits over and over again. Correct. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Thanks for the call, Barbara. We appreciate that. Um, how much time do we have? Let, let's, let me get some of the email responses here. Uh, this is from Linda in Tennessee. I'd not get the vaccine, and I'm someone who makes it a priority to get the seasonal flu immunization. I'm a nurse practitioner, and I'm sick of this entire situation. I think someone needs to ask St. Fauci what he recommended to Obama about the SARS virus that occurred under his administration. Um, you mean H1N1. SARS was the first bush. Uh, what Trump needs to do is follow the path of his predecessor and stop counting slash reporting cases. You know, one of the things I'm seeing uh, people talk about is look at New Zealand. They crushed the virus. New Zealand is like 44th in the world. We don't really know what New Zealand did. Um, they're one country that did do a draconian lockdown. 
that is not reporting a surge in new cases when a whole bunch of the rest of them from Israel to Germany to France to Spain are now reporting surges in new cases. Australia is. New Zealand is not. Now, New Zealand is also like 44th in the world in testing per 1 million population. Okay? They're, they're not... They're, the, the, the testing is not a priority in New Zealand. Well, Steve, that's because they, the virus is gone. We don't know that. Is, the, is, the, is testing not a priority in New Zealand because the virus is gone? Or is the virus gone because testing is not a priority in New Zealand? Know what I'm saying? Well, this piece- like Japan was, not, was, was reporting no cases for months. They also were like doing no testing for it at the exact same time. This is your mask analysis all over again. At the at the beginning of this thing, test. Okay, talk to me. I'll. What are we? But the point is, what are you going to do with that? If it's going to be the sky is falling, no matter what happens, why are we testing? Right. I mean, our our CFR and IFR levels have collapsed. The more we've tested, that should indicate to you that. Oh, okay, I guess if I'm not in exactly. nursing home and I don't have diabetes, I'm probably okay. Exactly. Instead, it just has ratcheted up the psychosis at the exact same time. And so if if we can bring you objective information and that still isn't good enough for you, then at that point, then a national divorce, then I guess that it is. You just don't want, if, if we can't even agree on what the truth is or what data says, then I, I guess we can't live together at that point, I guess. I don't know what else to say, Right. Right. So that's lie number what? Lockdown, yeah. lie, testing, we're, we're lie, the, we're the, masks, we're, we're the lie. couple where one side wants kids and the other one does not. That kind of seems like an irreconcilable difference, right? Mm-hmm. One side wants data and the other one doesn't. Then I guess we can't really stay married, you know, at that point. Lock and load. Aaron, were you going to say something? I'm sorry. Well, the the, the, the people talking about, well, they're, they're, they don't find any new tests because uh, because the, the virus is crushed in New Zealand. They're the same people who knock Trump for saying when he says, uh, well, if we didn't do as much testing, there wouldn't be as many cases. And then they come back with, well, if you don't test for yourself being pregnant, does that mean that you're not actually pregnant? That type of thing. That I, I just can't understand how easily these people move the target. If it's not cases, then it's exactly. deaths. If yes. it's not deaths, then it's cases. Yes. I, I mm-hmm. mean, the, the, the psychosis, as you just said, just keeps getting ratcheted up and ratcheted up. I mean, on the on the flip side, though, if we had a bully pulpit who was all in on re- reopening, I think there are so many people, so many people, as we talked about earlier today, that are unwilling, not incapable, but unwilling to critically think if we had somebody with the biggest bully pulpit in the world to go all in on reopening, those same sheeple would probably do at least a, you know, at least a 90 degree turn from where they are with their psychosis. Maybe a few people would do 180s from where they are right now. If there was a powerful enough voice championing reopening, championing, um, you know, actual actual data over the fear porn, um, you know, you could actually use can't believe I'm saying this. I feel like I'm uh, I'm boring you here. Uh, you can actually use the sheeple to your advantage, but unfortunately, we don't seem to have that. Thirty. We're gonna stick around, do some overtime. That whole let's not be sheeple. Are we sure that video of the uh, Bible book burning is true? We'll get into that in the overtime today. BlazeTV.com slash days. For the rest of you, we are back at it again tomorrow, noon to two Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Until then, John three seventeen.
This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.